0: The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis discussion. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome in to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E the letter K, radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. Special guest going to join me. Matt Miller of Bleacher Report. We're going to hear that interview in just a second. But of course, for the Broncos Blitz podcast, you can find it on the many different locations that the Broncos Blitz podcast is distributed. Wherever you get your podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or of course at MileHighSports.com. And I hope you check out MileHighSports.com for all the great Broncos coverage that we have. That's over there at MileHighSports.com. And, of course, the radio show as well, too, which is Monday through Friday. Of course, 2 to 4 p.m. currently during this COVID-19 era. Filling in for Joe Williams for a short time. So, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4, Mountain Standard Time. You can catch that at MyLifeSports.com. Streaming live if you are out of the Denver metro area. If you are in the Denver metro area, be sure to check it out at FM 104.7 or AM 1340. All right, let's welcome in... Bleacher Reports, Matt Miller. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Got a lot to get to in regards to this Broncos draft. But again, thank you for the time. Thank you for joining us.
1: No, appreciate you guys having me on, Uh, especially after what was a very, very exciting three days of drafting for Broncos
0: fans. Wasn't it awesome to just have a weekend where it was just normal, normal life, right? Like, Like we would have been doing exactly what we were doing over draft weekend and watching and observing, regardless of the virus and everything that's been happening
1: it was nice to get back to normal you know for us it was a little unique because we you know I covered the draft from home from home which I haven't done since 2010 so I was home um, which you know not normal for me but it, it was nice to just for three days to Obviously, you know, having mind the, you know, the pandemic that's going on and how it affects people, but, but being able to have a, a little bit of a distraction in some cases.
0: Speaking with Matt Miller, Bleacher Report writer at NFL Draft Scout is where you can find him on Twitter. And I tell you what, the Broncos had a lot to, well, Broncos fans had a lot to talk about over the weekend as, of course, they go offense, offense, offense. Uh, tell me your overall thoughts on the Denver Broncos with a couple of their first picks Jerry, Judy, KJ, Hamler.
1: I was surprised, number one, that they did not have to trade up to get Jerry Judy. You know, if you had told me Thursday morning the Broncos were going to get Jerry Judy, I would have said, okay, what did they trade up for? Mm. You know, how did they trade up? How high did they have to go up to get this pick? Because I did not think that, you know, I'd run through scenarios where, okay, he's still available at 15, but it was becoming more of a surprise as we got closer to draft day. So I think, you know, from that side of it, you have to be really, really uh, grateful as a Broncos fan that, in my opinion, you had a number one receiver in the draft. He was the number five overall player on my board, top receiver, and you get him at 15. That was a gigantic shock to me. And, and so that was a you know, great pick. And then to come back and say, we're not done yet, let's go ahead and get K.J. Hamler, who, in my opinion, was the best slot receiver, um, not named C.D. Lamb, who is probably going to play on the outside. So the fact that they then they're not just get the explosive route running of Jerry Judy, but you get arguably the second-fastest receiver behind Henry Ruggs in the entire class in K.J. Hamler. So I think we saw with not just those picks, but a lot of picks, John LA came and said, we believe we have a, a good young quarterback, Andrew Locke, and we're going to give him all the weapons he
0: needs to succeed. Yeah, you know, for as much as we talked about during draft weekend, how Aaron Rodgers was maybe the biggest loser of the draft, maybe Drew Locke was the biggest winner. He, of course, picks up several options. Uh, of course, his own tight end, Albert Okawemena in uh, Missouri. And now all of a sudden he got these great options. Uh, and I think this is very clear. Denver may be targeting uh, not only the fact that, look, 17 points per game in previous years is, is not going to cut it, but obviously, the Kansas right. City influence. How much did Kansas City, and maybe we could stretch this out to the NFL, how much did Mahomes and Kansas City influence maybe this entire draft?
1: Oh, I think so. You know, as I sat there on the desk Thursday night, it was like, okay, the Broncos add uh, two receivers, the Oakland Raiders add, or Las Vegas Raiders. I'm never going to get used to it. I'm up. never
0: going to be able to Vegas. get it too. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the Raiders add, you know, not just Henry Ruggs, but they double up. They get. Lynn Bowden Jr., they get Brian Edwards. So they had three receivers in the top three rounds. And then even what the Chargers did, I mean, you know, drafting Kenneth Murray. Um, and then, but with limited picks, you know, they still went offense with Joshua Kelly, Joe Reed, and K.J. Hill. So I, I think not only in the AFC West, but it, it really felt like specific to the West that you looked around, like by the end of Friday night, it was like, these teams are trying to score with Kansas City. And so I think there is a a league-wide effect there. You know, the Chargers spent their sixth pick overall on a quarterback. They're hoping, uh, you know, to be able to to score and keep up with Mahomes. So I think we are seeing that. You know, and and even the top, you know, other teams, like the Baltimore Ravens, to get a speedy linebacker. But then, you know, we see them go running back. They add a, a receiver in Devin Duvernay. They try to bolster their offensive line it feels like more than ever there's a target on Kansas City and everyone's trying to catch up to them.
0: Speaking with Matt Miller, Bleacher Report, at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. Matt, when you take a look at the Broncos and their 10 selections, give me the one that you like the most, that fits the team the most, and maybe the one that has you scratching your head.
1: Yeah, you know, Jerry Judy was my favorite pick. Outside of that, I think uh, the sixth-round pick in Moutin Muji from uh, Fresno State, if he is healthy, and he missed like two years uh, at Fresno, so that's mm-hmm. an issue, but if he's healthy, this is a starting-level guard. So I love the value of that pick. They, I don't really have any any arguments with their picks. I thought you know the two defensive players they selected in the third round, the corner out of Iowa, and then McTelvin, uh, a game from Arkansas, I thought both those guys were reaches. But definitely, you can understand that they're trying to get uh, you know, at corner, they're trying to get speed. They're also trying to get size, someone who's six foot one, 200 pounds. So getting a little bit bigger. I did not have him graded as a third-round prospect. I really thought he was going to be a day-three player and probably a late day-three player. But, uh, again, you know, my evaluations have been wrong in the past. So uh, I think you know, that's what you hope to see is that, um, you know, that John Elway and his crew have properly evaluated these positions and these needs.
0: You know, Moody being the third round pick, I think a lot of people very much, at least Broncos fans, you know, understand the pick because they didn't get corner in the second round, but... They end up going with K.J. Hamler, the wide receiver out of Penn State, and that was, I think, the biggest head-scratcher at the time of the pick for Broncos fans, and not not because of K.J. Hamler, the player, but because of position. I think a lot of Broncos fans were expecting a corner to be there in Trayvon Diggs, Jalen Johnson, fits the system well, would have been a, a nice, solid pick there. Um, so sell me on K.J. Hamler and, and sell Broncos fans on the idea that they have got themselves... Uh, maybe it, I don't know if this is an accurate way to say it. Maybe a uh, poor man's Tyreek Hill.
1: Oh, that's the right way to say it. That's what you're getting. Or you know, I think my comparison for him was Marquise Brown, to the Baltimore Ravens have. Mm. So J.J. Hamler, I, you know, I said it earlier we didn't get a, a chance to see him work out because of the injury at the combine, but one of the most explosive players in this year's class at, at five nine, hundred eighty ish pounds. I mean, his his burst is going to be electric, and so the instant juice that he's going to give you from you know, playing in a slot, those vertical routes, those deep routes, what he's going to do to safeties, just keeping safeties honest. Because we know how good Portland Sutton is. We believe Jerry Judy is going to be really good. You have two of the best athletes in the NFL tight end, and you have Melvin Gordon at running back. So safeties are going to have a hell of a time trying to figure out where do they go, who do they key on. And I think, you know, with – it doesn't take a great offensive coordinator to scheme that up, but the Broncos have a very good offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, who's known for generating explosive plays. And so I think giving Shermer the right athletes to be able to run his offense is super important. And I think it also puts people on notice. You know, Deshaun Hamilton was a fourth round pick a couple of years ago, a player a lot of folks liked. It's time for. You know, it's step up or get replaced. And the fact that they drafted three receivers this year, got to add in Tyree Cleveland in the seventh, I think it puts this receiver room on notice. Of We're trying to get better. We're trying to win games. We're trying to score points and be explosive. And and these three players really signify the moves of that.
0: Matt Miller, Bleacher Report, joining us. You can follow him on Twitter, NFL Draft Scout. Let's zoom out and uh, talk about the NFL. Of the first ten picks, was there anything in that NFL draft that – really stunned you i think the one thing that really got me was the fact that no trades at all happened and we were thinking about denver was trading up to potentially eight potentially ten we were talking about the whole dolphins chargers could somebody go to three and yet no trades at all
1: no so no surprises and um actually this year probably more than ever i think my mock draft was really really good through the first 20 picks because Mm. there weren't surprises and there weren't trades you know you normally expect someone to move out as you said, because there wasn't a trade until 13 overall, it was all kind of chalk. It was what you expected. You know, if anything it was, you know, okay, Andrew Thomas is the first tackle off the board. That's a, It was a little unexpected, but not a surprise. And and that just kind of shuffled the board of, of where people went, but those first, you know, and even honestly that the trade at 13 and 14 wasn't that much of a surprise. I think you'd probably have to go all the way to pick 16 to get, I guess, even to call it a surprise when Atlanta took AJ Terrell, but We knew they were going to take a corner. It was just a matter of what they trade up to get C.J. Henderson, and they weren't able to do that.
0: The Broncos, of course, going to face a couple explosive offensive pieces moving forward twice a year. Uh, Let's start with Justin Herbert now with the Chargers. Is he the day-one starter in Los Angeles, and what does he bring?
1: You know, I don't think that he is the day-one starter. I I do not feel that he was ready coming out of Oregon to be thrown in right away. Um, Maybe if you – Simplify just scheme a little bit to where it's one read, two read, go. But that Oregon offense is not pro level. He's going to have to to mentally catch up. But I think what he brings to the table is what you get excited about is what he did toward the end of the year, not so much what he did over the course of his career. But you know, watch the Rose Bowl game where you see his you know six foot six, two hundred forty pounds with a strong arm and really good mobility. And then you see him at the senior bowl, and he's doing the same stuff. And then at the combine, he has a great workout. So I think with Herbert, it's always going to be more about the potential than it is what he did on the field. You know, and it, in terms of, like, what Tua was time Lola was, it's almost the polar opposite. It's about the physical traits, not about, you know, just how, oh, my gosh, if you watch this guy on Saturday, he's one of the best players in college, super easy projection, you know, let's let's move on to the next guy. I think Justin Herbert is – you know, there's a boomer bust to risk there. And you can say that about every pick, I know. But, but there really is with him because some of the times at Oregon, I mean, he just looks lost out there. And so if the processing doesn't speed up uh, to match his arm strength, then it's going to be a, a long road for the for Chargers if they try to figure out if he is the long-term guy.
0: Of course, Henry Ruggs III goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, this should really start to... Uh, give Derek Carr some options and, and an explosive offense that already in the past Denver has had a bit of a struggle against.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think with this, it is, like you said, it's similar to what uh, Denver did, but it's like, okay, let's give our quarterback some weapons. And so to get Henry Ruggs, uh, fastest receiver in the draft, seven speed, he can play from the slot, he can play outside. Uh, surprisingly, was not a great returner, but just a very good overall player. And so with Ruggs, it was like, okay, you've seen Tyree Hill twice a year, tearing you up. Now you go get basically your version of that yeah. in a, you know, 5'11", 200-pound guy who's just going to be a nightmare for corners and lot. He's just going to be a problem for, honestly, you know, for defensive coordinators. So um, Ruggs, is, he's exciting. There's no way to put it. You just hope that the Denver's corners are going to be ready to go.
0: Matt Miller joining us, Bleacher Report. Of course, you can find him on Twitter, NFL Draft Scout. One last one before we let you go, Matt. Uh, Overall, when it comes to the Broncos, and look, I know this is the way too early draft grade uh, for NFL teams. Look, uh, we like to see these prospects, at least myself. Two to three years on the field before we see what they actually look like. But where do you think Denver's draft draft class ranks among the NFL? Top three, top five, top ten, or maybe outside of that? You
1: no, know, I thought it was one of the top five. It really did. I think you have to look at you know what Baltimore did, um, what Dallas did. You know those were good drafts. Cincinnati had a good draft, but I think Denver definitely belongs in the top five. Like I said, it's it's always a rush to judgment on these things, but just comparing. Who they drafted and where they drafted them, the value across the board was really good. And we didn't even talk about Lloyd Cushenberry. I thought he would have been an early round two pick. So uh, a lot of really talented players. I'm excited to see them get on the field and see what they can become.
0: Matt, we appreciate your time. As always, again, they could follow you at NFL Draft Scout. Uh, a lot of great stuff over there writing for Bleacher Report. Thank you.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good day.
0: So, again, thank you for uh, Matt Miller's time joining the podcast. A lot of interesting stuff. In regards to what Denver did, calling it top five, tell you what, Denver fans, I think there's a lot to be excited about in regards to this draft class and even the national analysts saying that, you know what, Denver did a pretty darn good job this year in the NFL draft. Of course, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast, a podcast from Mile High Sports. Check out all our Broncos coverage at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. And if you like the podcast, if you want to check out previous versions of the podcast, you can check out the archive at the many different locations that you can find this podcast wherever you get them. Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, MileHighSports.com. Go check them out. A lot of great stuff. And, again, we appreciate Matt Miller's time. Bleacher Report, you can follow him on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout. All done for the Broncos Blitz podcast for today. Again, if you want to check out previous archives or some more, info on the Broncos. Find them on the hub, milehighsports.com. And of course, well, check out the radio show as well too. Two to four during this COVID-19 time is fill in for the Hitman Joe Williams, during this time. And tell you what, two to four Mountain Standard time. We're talking all Broncos, a lot of great stuff, a lot of post-draft discussion. What does Denver do here and there? What are they going to do with the offensive line? This and that. A lot of good stuff, 2 to 4, Mountain Standard Time, and of course, that means on the East Coast for our East Coast friends, 4 to 6. You can stream the show at MileHighSports.com live when it happens. You can also watch the show as well, too, with our little peek into the studio, and of course, that's Monday through Friday, 2 to 4, locally here in Denver on FM 104.7, AM 1340, or of course, always on the Mile High Sports mobile app and Mile High Sports. Com. For previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast, for news, player profiles, interviews, discussions, check out MileHighSports.com. For Broncos news, it's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.